Special Metro Division crossover episode. We are checking in with Jay and Hayden of Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets to talk Peter Laviolette, former Blue Jacket Artemi Panarin, and the latest controversy with Mike Babcock. All this and much, much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 897 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. I want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So just going to jump right into it here today. We already recorded a crossover episode uh, with Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets. Had a lot of fun talking to them about you know the upcoming season as i mentioned just a second ago going to be talking about the new coaches for each team uh our timmy panarin and his up and down uh well mostly down playoff run but uh, also what's next for our timmy panarin and also going to be uh tossing out some metro division predictions at the end of today's episode so yeah enjoy in our final Metropolitan matchup, before uh, we get into actual preseason talk, we have got John Chick here of Locked On Rangers, a team that the Blue Jackets have struggled with in the past. I think it's probably the most generous way of uh, of saying that, but the Blue Jackets have a lot of new faces. The Rangers have a lot of new faces, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how these teams are going to match up against each other, I think. So um, let's let's start off with one of your, your new faces. Um you guys picked up Blake Wheeler from the Winnipeg Jets after he's, his contract was bought out, I believe. You picked him up for super cheap. Uh, what kind of player are you guys hoping to get from Blake Wheeler? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, I mean, he did just turn uh, 37 years old at the end of August there. So I think the first thing you're kind of keeping your fingers crossed is that he can hold up for at least one more season. Uh, the encouraging thing there is he's coming off of a solid uh, showing with the Jets this past year, kind of a so-so middle-of-the-road Jets team. I want to say like 55 points this past season and performed well in the playoffs as well. Had, uh, you know, I think like six points in five games, something along those lines. Um, but as far as, you know, how he's going to fit in with the Rangers, I really like this pickup because, yeah, he is a little bit older. He's not exactly prime Blake Wheeler at this point. He is kind of on the back nine of his career. But when you look at the Rangers, uh, the spot where they are the thinnest, I would say, uh, is and has been for a while right wing. And that's, of course, his position. Um, so he's somebody that can step in there. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, who his line mates are, what line he ends up playing on, uh, if he's on, you know, which power play unit he's going to be on, but a uh, great facilitator, a uh, great passer. And, um, you know, somebody that gives you a little bit of a veteran presence in that locker room. And, you know, again, there, there are some Ranger fans that have some reservations due to his age. Um, but you know, look, you, you got him for 800,000. I mean, it's, it's only 25 K over the league minimum. So I'm not so sure that you would have been able to do a whole lot more with that money. So uh, to me, the price was right. And again, the fact that he plays a position where the Rangers have been thin, uh, I like this pickup a lot. And, you know, now you just keep your fingers crossed that uh, he's got something left in the tank for at least one more season here. Uh, Alex Lafreniere is now 21 years old. You guys took him first overall back in the 2020 draft. He just signed a two-year deal worth $4.65 million. So, Maybe a little bit like less than you'd expect a number one overall to sign, but still he's very young. And um, But just a two-year contract, uh, John, does that make you a little nervous that either the, the Rangers might be, might be considering splitting with Lafreniere at the end of it or vice versa? 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say for sure. He's going to be an RFA again at the end of the, the current two-year deal that he just signed. Um, it's not exactly, you know, a two-year deal. You, know, you look at, like, Tim Stutzler just got, like, an eight-year deal. He was in that draft class, too, uh, from the Senators. But, you know, the Rangers, where they are right now, um, not having a ton of cap space, I, I think this is the kind of bridge deal that does make some sense. And when you look at Lafren, Lafreniere's numbers, um, he hasn't really – I mean, there's been flashes here and there. And, you know, two years ago in the playoffs, he was very good. Um, he was, he's a tenacious player and a grittier player than I think a lot of people realize. Um, and the talent is there. Um, but I don't feel like it's like a gross underpayment by the Rangers, or I don't really think they messed up by only giving him two years. I think basically what happens is, you know, you let these two years go by here and you see where everything is. Uh, hopefully by then, you know, he's taking a couple of steps forward. I mean, it, it's kind of a catch 22 because you want him to get better and better, but you also realize you know, the, the better he does, the more that's going to drive up his price in a couple of years. And there's this thing called the salary cap that's given just about every team's fits right now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm cool with the, the extension here. I figured it would eventually get done. It, it took a while. He was kind of the uh, the last piece of the puzzle this offseason. You know, the Rangers were making other moves, and uh, he was an RFA for a long, long time. But it eventually got done. And, um, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing what he can do this upcoming season. Uh, curious to see with him, you know, again, do they keep the kid line together? Does he get you know, toss into a, a top six role. I think that's possible. Um, there was a short-lived line last year of Lafreniere, Mika Zibanejad, and Capo Caco that I really had a lot of fun watching and uh, curious to see if, uh, you know, new, LaViolette, the new coach, uh, if they might end up going back to that at some point. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, we can't have a Blue Jackets Rangers uh, squadcast crossover episode without talking about Artemi Panarin, uh, who is still one of the all-time greats for Blue Jackets fans, I think, and kind of the one that got away. Um, what has the Artemi Panarin experience been like for uh, from a Rangers fan perspective? Because we really loved him here in Columbus. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he kind of burst onto the scene. And I, I remember, I mean, it's hard to believe he's been here as long as he has. I believe now entering year five with the Rangers. But, I mean, the opening night uh, reaction that he got the first season here, I mean, the crowd just came unglued. You know, they were really excited. And, you know, some people kind of, critique the Rangers for that because, oh, I thought you guys were rebuilding. It's like, yeah, you know, they are, but, you know, this is kind of the centerpiece of the rebuild. This is the, you got to have a big time player. You got to have a reason why other people are going to want to come here and play with Artemi Panarin. Uh, having said all that, he certainly uh, came under fire from Ranger fans this past season in the playoffs because uh, seven games against the Devils, the Rangers lose in the first round in a season where a lot of people were hoping and maybe even expecting them to make a, a serious run at the cup. And, um, you know, he was kind of, uh, you know, fairly or unfairly, and I would say, you know, fairly for the most part, he was the target of a lot of, uh, you know, vitriol from, from Ranger fans because, um, you know, he only had two points in the seven-game series, and they were both in the first period of game one. So he just wasn't able to do a whole lot. Uh, didn't get any puck luck either. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It was just a regrettable, bad playoff series, not just for Panarin, but for the entire team. I'm hoping that, you know, Ranger fans, he's still their guy, and they'll still support him. Uh, on opening night this season and beyond. Um, but, you know, Panarin, he'll be the first one to tell you. He was very, very accountable after that playoff loss, the, the series lost, and he knows he has to be better. He'll be the first one to tell you that uh, he just didn't play well enough. And uh, looking for Artemi Panarin, you know, if the Rangers are able to get back to the playoffs to get his shot at redemption uh, this upcoming season, hopefully that does happen. Let's talk about a, another former Blue Jacket, now New York Ranger, and that is Jonathan Quick. Uh, the Rangers signed him for nine. Yeah, Blue Jackets <laughs> legend, the one that got away, the real one that got away. <laughs> uh, wouldn't even he didn't even come to Columbus, so I can't he can't really get away if he never shows up. But um, 
You guys got Jonathan Quick, and uh, he's obviously back up to Igor Shosturkin, who will be a Vesna candidate again this year. We all assume uh, he just—he's that goalie. He's—he's he's one of the best in the league right now. You think Quick is up for backing him up this year? I think so. And obviously, you know, his game has slipped a little bit in recent seasons. You know, last five or so seasons, he just hasn't exactly been uh, vintage Jonathan Quick. Uh, this is the first time, though, that Quick is entering an NHL season where uh, he is the clear-cut backup. You know, there's no discussion to be had. You know, you're you're not going to be playing as much as you're used to, and I'm sure he understands that. I'm sure he appreciates that, and he's going to be behind Igor Shesterkin. He wouldn't have signed with the Rangers if he was looking to, you know, compete for a starting job somewhere. So uh, my hope is that with a little bit less wear and tear and kind of a smaller role, uh, him kind of playing sporadically. I mean, on one hand, that is something that he's going to have to get used to. But on the other hand, you know, he is older now, I believe 37 for quick or 38 even. Um, so, you know, hopefully a little bit less wear and tear. He can do a little bit better. And uh, the Rangers do have kind of a secret weapon. Uh, their goalie coach, Benoit Allaire, he has worked wonders with everybody from Henrik Lundqvist to Igor Shesterkin to even guys like Antti Ranta, Cam Talbot. And now he gets kind of a reclamation project in Jonathan Quick. So I'm curious to see uh, if he can pull that off, if he can kind of uh, help a veteran kind of turn back the clock a couple of years. So uh, I'm good with it. The Rangers had to save money in certain places, and backup goalie was always going to be one of them. And um, if anything happens to Igor, like in the playoffs, knock on wood, you know, I'll take my chances with Jonathan Quick, who's got all this playoff success over, you know, just like a random backup goalie from around the league. Yeah, I feel like Igor Shosturkin is going to be playing a lot this season. There's no point going out and spending a ton of money on a guy that will probably start, what, 20, 25 games, maybe. Yeah. So, and I, I, I like Jonathan Quick. I am I am a Jonathan Quick uh, apologist, I think. And if you give him, like you said, you give him less ice time, uh, give him fewer games, I think probably you'll get some half-decent performances out of, out of Quick. Um, but I want to... Swing back to the young guys on the Rangers for a minute. Um, I'm a big fan of their 2021 first-round pick, Brennan Offman. Uh, how close do you think he is into making the NHL full-time? Is he someone that you are kind of keeping an eye on to make an impact this season or maybe a couple of seasons' time? Yeah, I'm keeping as close of an eye on him as any Ranger prospect because uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at his numbers in the OHL, but... I mean, it's video game-like. It's just ridiculous uh, the amount of points that he's piled up the past couple of seasons. Uh, won the OHL championship with the Peterborough Peets this past season. And, you know, it's not just the offensive, the, the points and everything. The guy's a wrecking ball out there. I mean, he lays, he lays some big-time hits on people. So he's somebody that just looks to be the total package. As far as him, uh, and he's actually going to be uh, competing in the uh, Rangers-Flyers rookie camp in a couple of days here. Uh, as far as him... Being with the Rangers this year, I mean, I don't think he'll be out there on opening night. Never say never. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. That The roster seems to be full right now. But, you know, if he goes to, a to the AHL and he lights it up and he looks comfortable and he looks uh, poised and ready for the next level, uh, I definitely would not rule it out. The Rangers have not been shy about letting their young guys play and maybe calling them up uh, early, you know, relative to what some other teams might do. So, um, yeah, I get the feeling we might at some point this season, maybe like, like around the midway point, we might get a uh, Brian Offman call up and uh, definitely um, looking forward to seeing what he can do. I, I don't want them to do it too early, but they've got that move in their back pocket whenever they want to make it. Yeah, I just want to point out for, for Blue Jackets fans who aren't familiar with uh, with Offman, I just went and looked up his stats for this season. Uh, in 16 games with the Flint Firebirds, he had 24 points. He then got traded to the Peterborough Peets, where he had 43 points in 40 regular season games and then 25 points in 23 playoff games. 
Yeah. Rangers fans should definitely be excited about this kid. It was even it was even crazier the year before the some of the stats that he put up. But yeah, no, he 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 really piles up the points in the OHL and um I think it was a really nice pick. The the one issue is that he plays he can play some right wing, but he's mostly a left winger and uh the Rangers have some kind of a log jam at left wing right now. But I, I suppose not the worst problem to have uh either. Okay, we can wrap up these Rangers questions with this last one here, and that is Peter Laviolette. He is making his uh, sixth trip to uh, – and he's taking over his sixth team, I should say. Um, but this is home for him. He played 12 games for the Rangers back in the back in the day. So how great is it to have that homecoming going for yeah. Rangers fans? I'll be honest, up until, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the, the Rangers, they need a new coach, and I'm doing a lot of episodes about who the next coach might be, and – I'm looking at Laviolette, and I said, oh, yeah, you know, he played in the NHL, and all of his games, you know, short-lived though it was, uh, it was with the Rangers. Um, so, yeah, yeah, 12. I mean, yeah 12, <laughs> 12 games. 12. <laughs> so, um, going to be a little bit of an adjustment period because I think me and other Ranger fans all very used to seeing him uh, coach other Metro teams. You know, the Rangers and Flyers, when he coached uh, in Philly, they had some nasty games between each other. And then, of course, he's been with the Caps the past handful of seasons, three seasons, and uh, you had that whole Tom Wilson debacle a few years ago with Panarin. Um, so bit of an adjustment period, but the guy wins. I mean, he's taken three different um, Stanley or three different teams rather to the Stanley Cup final. And the thing that I've been encouraged about is you go back and look at those rosters of the teams that he's taken to the finals. A lot of young players on those rosters and the Rangers have some young players that need to take the next step. So um, I was just kind of so so about it, but I'm kind of talking myself into it uh, as we get closer to the season. You know, Laviolette being the new coach here. Yeah, he was he was a guy that we looked at for the Blue Jackets um, back when we were also doing a ton of episodes about oh who should the Blue Jackets pick for their coach, um, and he was he was pretty high on our list I think so uh, yeah yeah hopefully he is he is good for for your team um, we're gonna take a quick break and then when we get back we're gonna flip the script and uh, I'm sure John's got lots of exciting questions for us about how the Blue Jackets have done this off season so we'll talk about that. First, though, uh, i got to tell you guys about FanDuel because it's America's number one sports book. The NFL season kicked off last week, and uh, there's been some pretty interesting results. And here's the good thing. In FanDuel, if you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win the regular season. That's all you have to do is pick any team to win the Super Bowl. You're going to get bonus bets for every victory. So if you had picked the Jets... For example, you would have gotten some bonus bets for that. If you had picked the Lions, you would have gotten some bonus bets for that. You can use these bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Uh, you can even use them on things like betting on the NHL, which is back in, uh, I believe, exactly a month as of the time of us recording this, which is super exciting. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash on official sportsbook of the NFL, and also us, the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, so I suppose it's my turn. I'll ask uh, each of you some questions about uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets here. And uh, Jay, Hayden, and I would all like to uh, thank everybody, as always, for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Blue Jackets your first listen every day. Both shows free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And so... You know, one of the bigger seasons, uh, or one of the bigger stories of the offseason, rather, uh, the hiring of Mike Babcock. You know, it's interesting. The Rangers actually uh, did interview him. I don't know that he was ever really considered a serious candidate. I think that uh, maybe the limelight of New York wouldn't have been the best thing for him right now, uh, given the, the PR issues, shall we call them. But look, a, a bit of a controversial hire. He is somebody that's done some winning, has won a Stanley Cup. Um, just your general thoughts on uh, Mike Babcock being named 
the new head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets? Uh, I, I have been mixed about this hiring basically the entire way through. Um, I was really against it beforehand. Um, but I think if you look at it in a vacuum, it's not the worst hiring in the world, which I know sounds stupid because you can't look at it in a vacuum. And I do think there are a lot of concerns there with what happened in Toronto, with what happened in Detroit, uh, with what happened in Anaheim. You know, there are a lot of stories about Babcock's past. Um, and I know a lot of people like to blow up the Mitch Marner incident, but there was a lot of incidents before that that had a lot of red flags. However, looking at what Babcock brings to the Blue Jackets right now, I think is he brings experience and he brings structure. And that is two things that the Blue Jackets were sorely lacking in last season. They had a very young team, a very inexperienced coach who gave them basically no structure. Is Mike Babcock a good coach? I'm unsure about that. But I do think what he's going to do is give these guys some structure, give these guys a little bit of consistency. And I think we'll see some results from Babcock this season. Yeah, I'm I'm rolling with pretty much everything Jay's saying there. As far as the the PR concerns that are happening at the time that we are recording this, um, it's a little disappointing to for Blue Jackets fans because I think you went into this hoping that maybe things were different, and it seems like at least one of the old tactics has made its way into his new team that he's coaching for. So that's a little disappointing and obviously very concerning start to his tenure as the Blue Jackets head coach. It is in this moment now that I can put my hand up and admit, I think I'd rather have Laviolette as the head coach. In this moment right now, that is how I feel. So, uh, yeah, very controversial hire and um, a lot of uncertainty as of this moment. Do you think maybe the reason, or not not the full reason, but maybe part of the reason for this is the Jackets just feel like, you know, we they don't have like the 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 greatest history ever. I mean, the the one big thing they did a few years ago was you know knocking out the Lightning in in that sweep in the first round. I mean, that was unbelievable to watch that. But I mean, it almost gets to a point where, I mean, is is part of this like does it almost come across as like a desperation move? Like we're in this tough Metro division against all these great teams. Um, we're trying to, you know, become relevant, become a playoff team and ultimately, you know, a Stanley Cup contender. Does does the move like have any like sense of desperation to it as far as uh, each of you are concerned? I think desperation, it doesn't feel like quite the right word. I think right. for me, it's impatience. Okay. Um, obviously, they were expecting they signed Johnny Gaudreau last offseason. They were expecting to be a playoff team. They got decimated by injury. The defense was terrible. Uh, Elvis was the worst goalie in the league. Like everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. You know, they lost Zach Wierenski 13 games in. This season, they have brought in a veteran coach. They have brought in a veteran defenseman, Ivan Provorov, Damon Severson, to, you know, build around Johnny Gaudreau. They've got Adam Fantilli, who's going to be in the lineup. He's obviously not a veteran, but he makes this team better. And so I think it was a case of impatience in terms of I think Yamo maybe is getting a little worried about his job because, like you said, the only kind of real impact they've made in the 23 years they've existed has been um, that sweep of the lightning. Uh, And I think it's that they got burnt a little bit by Brad Larson, who was an internal hire, who was, you know, supposed to be, I think Brad Larson was always supposed to be a temporary coach, but I don't think they expected it to be quite this bad. So they've kind of gone in the complete 
opposite end of the spectrum with this guy who, you know, has been around for a million years and coached some very good Detroit teams, uh, was decent with Toronto. And uh, yeah, I think that's, that's what it feels like to me is that it's not necessarily desperation, but I think impatience with how slow the kind of the quote unquote retool has been. Yeah, it could be it could be pinned as a desperation move out of uh well, I mean, I don't know. Like desperate would be like the Blue Jackets are they can't put up with what's going on, which the truth is is the Blue Jackets definitely can put up with what's going on because it's been going on for 20 years, which is just kind of bad hockey. So it's like when I think of desperate, I think like Yarmo would be on the hot seat, so he made this move to save his job, which I don't think he is. I think maybe he's at the end of his – maybe he feels like he's at the end of his time as general manager of the Blue Jackets just from the pure fact he's been here for a long time now. Uh, and I think this was his – he was trying to go out with a really big hire. You could maybe argue it was, it was desperate from the uh, point that you were trying to make a lot of noise, but the Blue Jackets – I don't feel like Yarmo's really into that business. He's more just constantly trying to get the team better and ends up making a lot of noise along the way through that uh, effort and strategy. So, um, yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, I think, Jay, you put it perfectly. It's impatience is what it is. The Blue Jackets had two years of Brad Larson. They were frustrated with kind of how he had, you know, been running things near the end. And it was, yeah, let's try to get this thing back on the rails as soon as possible. Let's get a coach that is going to bring intensity and bring structure. And, uh, yeah, we haven't even seen a game yet. And he's he's brought some intensity. How about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Mike Badcock, I mean, you could say a lot of things about him, but, um, you know, certainly, uh, certainly not going to be lacking in intensity. That is for sure. Um, something that you each kind of touched on there is the defensive struggles that this team had last season. And Jay, you mentioned uh, the new defenseman that they brought brought in this season, uh, trading for Damon Severson, also Ivan Provorov, um, you know, paying solid money to, to each of those players. Um, just your thoughts on, you know, a little bit of a blue line overhaul uh, for the Blue Jackets here. Even, even Gubranson is only entering his second season with the Jets. So um, a lot of new defensemen on the team the last couple of years. And um, do you think that, you know, that can make a difference uh, for this upcoming season? Yeah, I think definitely. The team was very, very young last season, especially on defense. Um, and the team is still young this season. I believe uh, Erica Branson is the only player on this team over the age of 30 as of right now. Um, so, you know, very, very young. Bringing in guys like Sivasum, guys like Provorov, it gives them a little bit more stability on the blue line. Um, it means that Zach Rensky is not going to have to play 30 minutes a night, which is, you know, something that he has a tendency to do, as all number one defensemen do. Um, my only issue is I feel like it is taking up spots that you could give to younger guys. Um, as of right now, there's only two free spots on the on the decor for the Blue Jackets. And they have, I think at last count, I think they had four or five guys that could fill those spots. So training camp is going to be tough. It's going to be interesting. I think they're ultimately in a better place. Um, I would have liked to keep that first round pick that they gave up for Provorov, but uh, they picked the guy that I wanted to take with that in the second round anyway. So uh, ultimately, I think I'm probably fine with it. But yeah, I think bringing those guys in was was needed. Um, and I'm excited to see what the defense looks like this season. I, I will just to jump off that. I think, Jay, you're definitely right when you say it's a concern that 
the Blue Jackets aren't able to get some of these younger defensemen in maybe as quick as they'd like. Uh, thinking about guys like Kuhlmans, Matejchuk, you know, Svozol, and then, you know, Juracek, he is almost too good, drafted too high that the Blue Jackets are going to have to force him into the lineup. But, you know, it's that's a good problem to have, though. I think the Blue Jackets had the complete opposite issue last year where they just had no defensemen, no able bodies. All their veteran defensemen were just gone. Uh, Zach Rensky was hurt, so that was um, – hard and then Gavrikov got traded near the end of the year so that was tough um so this is a complete better situation for the Jackets and uh I guess the the big battle is trying to help out their star goalie and Elvis their star goalie as in the goalie that is uh earning big bucks so yeah they need to help him out and helping out the guys in front of him adjusting that position has been the biggest step forward yeah, and uh, I figured we can, uh, you know, wrap up this part of the episode with this question. I always like uh, asking this question, you know, even during the season, I'll throw this out uh, from time to time. But um, anybody on this team that, you know, maybe isn't a household name, maybe the Ranger, you know, listeners of this aren't necessarily familiar with, but anybody that fits that description that you think could maybe have kind of like a breakout season for the Blue Jackets this season or, you know, at least take a couple of steps forward. Hmm. Hey, why don't you go? Why don't you go first with this one? Because I need to think about this. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple guys that I think could make some noise. One of them, uh, just be- and this is I'm I'm giving this advice not because I think he's going to be the next star, but I'm just taking your question as if it's a fantasy hockey question. So if you have a chance to draft Kirill Marchenko in your fantasy hockey draft, I would do it. This dude, he scored. He almost is good for like a goal at night it feels like like for his rookie season he did really really well and um i expect that trend to continue he joined midway through his first game his first nhl game was in december last year and so he's gonna have a full off season of of work here full off season getting ready with the team and uh yeah he's just that fun kind of um i don't know something about the russian hockey players sometimes they just they they're so fun for a sound bite and uh panarin was always he was always goofy like that. It was always hitting like little dance moves after the game and stuff. And Marchenko kind of brings that similar energy. So I'm filling my Panarin hole with uh with Marchenko. So there you go. He's he's the guy. Yeah. I I will go with another guy who had a very good rookie season. Um I think Kent Johnson was really great for the Blue Jackets this season. And I think he's going to be even better next season. Um, this kid is made entirely out of like confidence and uh, trick shots. He is surprisingly good. His underlying stats, he's not just all offense. He has turned into quite a good playmaker. His two-way game has improved throughout his rookie season. Um, so he's definitely a guy that I'm looking at to take another step forward. Uh, he's probably going to be in the top six this season. I think he probably projects as more of a winger than a center, which is why they drafted him. But uh, he's a kid, he's a kid that um, we've been calling him box office on Locked on Blue Jackets just because he is a player that people will buy tickets to go and see Ken Johnson play, I think, in the next maybe two seasons maximum. Yeah, I think I uh, remember hearing you talk about him. Maybe I was watching one of your other episodes or it might have been when we were doing a crossover in the past, Jay. But I, I will definitely be keeping an eye on uh, Kent Johnson this season. That is for sure. Let's uh, let's take another quick break. And then when we get back, uh, what we'll do is we'll do some predictions. Uh, so we'll talk about who the MVP is going to be for the Rangers, who's the MVP going to be for the Blue Jackets, um, who's going to win the Stanley Cup, that kind of thing. We'll do that in a second on this 
crossover edition of Locked on Blue Jackets and Locked on New York Rangers. Welcome back to Locked on Blue Jackets and Locked on New York Rangers. I'm Jay Foster. That's Hayden Housewell. We've got John Chick of Locked on Rangers here. And uh, we're talking about the Rangers, the Blue Jackets, and the Metropolitan Division as a whole, because it is... I feel like the Metropolitan Division, for a minute there, looked like it was getting weaker, and then suddenly last season turned into the Thunderdome. And I think it's going to be even better this year. I think every team except Philadelphia got better in the offseason. Yeah. And maybe, like, the Capitals. So they seem like they're kind of going down. But how do you feel the Rangers are going to do in the Metropolitan Division this season? Where do you think they're going to end up in terms of um, standings? I mean, to your point, it's so difficult to predict this, but um, I, I could see them maybe coming in second place again, once again, to the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, we've kind of gotten to the point where it's almost boring to pick the Hurricanes to win the division, but they keep winning it. I mean, you mentioned that it's the Thunderdome, and uh, every single season, the Canes seem to come out on top. Uh, this past season, you know, they emerged from that uh, portion of the playoffs. They go to the Eastern Conference Final. Of course, they get swept by the Panthers. Um, and what was a more competitive series than the uh, 4-0 you know, series score would indicate, but yeah, I've got them, you know, probably winning the division. Uh, to my knowledge, I don't think they had any significant losses this off season. And I, I think the Rangers, you know, they're kind of right where they were. Um, obviously, you know, they lost a lot of guys that they acquired at the trade deadline this past year, but you know, the core is still in place. You've got young guys like Caco Lafreniere, um, Philip Heedle, and then on defense, you know, Braden Schneider, K. Andre Miller, all these guys seem to be, uh, you know, moving in the right direction. So I think the Rangers are going to be a, another powerhouse in that division. I don't want to say this, but I, I feel like the Penguins are going to find a way back into the playoffs. It's just one of those things where I hope I'm wrong about this, but it almost feels like them missing the playoffs might have been a blessing in disguise because it is a little bit of an older team. And, you know, I know that sounds crazy, but they don't have to go through the grind of, you know, a long postseason run. And now they add Eric Carlson, um, one of the biggest moves of the offseason. And you got to think that, you know, they're in a similar situation that maybe Boston was in this past year where they know they're running out of chances. This could be like an empty the tank kind of a season for the Penguins. So I'd, I would not be surprised if they do better. Um, you know, the Devils, I think they'll be back in the mix. And honestly, yeah, the Blue Jackets, with all the injuries they had last year, and, um, you know, I think they've now upgraded a coach, controversial though Babcock might be. Uh, I could see them certainly moving up the ranks a little bit and uh, possibly making a run at the playoffs. But those are just kind of some general thoughts. How, how about each of you? I mean, how do you see this whole thing shaking out here? Yeah, we're kind of sitting in the same in the same boat, I think. We, we, we've been talking a lot about we think that there are probably going to be five teams from the Metro that make the playoffs. I think yeah. if they're going to get both the wild card spots. Um, the Penguins, I can't figure out. Penguins are either going to be really, really good this season or I think they're going to be disappointing to a lot of people. And I can't. I can't figure out which way it goes. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Penguins, the Islanders, and the Blue Jackets fighting it out for those two wildcard spots. Um, but and, and I think Hayden agrees with me here. I think it's it's pretty clear that the top three teams are going to be the Devils, the Hurricanes, and the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Rangers did enough to kind of establish themselves as in that mix with the... Hurricanes and Devils, it still feels like just that those teams are are based off their age a step ahead of the Rangers, but the Rangers won seven games with the Devils mm-hmm. last year. So I you mean can't so, count out Igor Shesterkin. Yeah, you can't count I out would be a, you would be a fool to be like, no, the Rangers yeah. are gonna be bad this season. Because I feel yeah, I like know. Yeah. Igor Shesterkin can carry this team through much like Henrik Lundqvist did for like 
15 seasons. I think and even so, the similar things from Shisterkin. At, at times, I, I think there's kind of an over-reliance both with Lundqvist, you know, back in the day and now with Igor Shisterkin. I, I think there's times, you know, they haven't done it as much in recent seasons now that they've improved, but for, for a while there, it just kind of felt like, ah, uh, whatever, they'll make the same. <laughs> We're good, you know, they'll, they'll stand there. It, it's fine. Yeah, you can't do that every night, man. You got to help you out your goalie every now and then. But yeah, no, I'm with you. You know, Igor Shisterkin, uh, big-time X-factor for this team and, um, it's the same thing with him as it was with Henrik Lundqvist, you know, for all those years when, if, when, and if the Rangers make the playoffs, you, know, you always feel like you got a shot to beat anybody you're playing because of your goalie. And um, I, I don't think the importance of that can be understated. So yeah, man, just, just been a, a pleasure to watch Igor Shesterk in these last handful of seasons here. I, did, I didn't mean to say that the Rangers were old, by the way, cause they're really not with, you know, Lafreniere, Kako, uh, Keandre Miller, like they they have so much young talent. It's just, I think, They've been rebuilding. They've, like you said, it's been this is Panarin's fifth year, and the Devils are they we didn't expect them to be good last year, so we think kind of the Devils are the next up team, but really the Rangers are, are kind of there step for step, and then getting Nick Bonino this year and Blake Wheeler. I honestly, I think if for those who are looking for good odds, the Devils or the Rangers might be a, a sneaky good pick to win this division because eventually the Canes are going to lose it. You know, the Canes can't win it forever. But. Yeah, that is that is true. It's funny, um, you know, the Rangers their their average age has gone up pretty significantly this offseason, but I think that's misleading because as we've been talking about, you know, they add Blake Wheeler, he's on a one-year deal, he's older. They add Jonathan Quick, one-year deal, he's older. Nick Bonino is like 35 now, I think. So, you know, that's a little bit misleading. Yeah, the average age has gone up, but the the core is still, you know, relatively young. But actually, a question I want to ask both of you. Um, so to your point, you know, we we've all kind of hit on this a little bit here in today's episode, but um, you know, two years ago, the Rangers come out of nowhere. They're two wins away from going to the final. They really surprised everybody that year. And this past year, it's the Devils. You know, nobody, they were moving in the right direction, but I don't think anybody was ready for what they did. Can the Blue Jackets be that team this year? Is, is there any reason for that much optimism where they can just shock everybody and, you know, really make a run and, and you know, be a, a firm playoff team this year? I think it's unlikely but okay. I don't think it's impossible. You know, right. we've seen before, um, you know, we were just talking about Jonathan Quick, the LA Kings in, I want to say 2012, were the eighth seed in the West. So they snuck in by like the skin of their teeth and then just took off. You know, the Panthers this season, look at what they did. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's not out, it's not completely impossible. I think, you know, if you, or you to win the Stanley Cup or to have a chance of winning the Stanley Cup, all you have to do is make the playoffs, you know? And then if your goalie gets hot or if, you know, one of your players does like a Matthew Kachuk and just turns turns the dial up to 11 basically every game, it's possible. You know, we could see Elvis become the goalie that we think he is and he could carry this team. We could see Johnny Gaudreau, you know, have another 115-point season. It feels unlikely. I'm not betting on the Blue Jackets being a contender this season, but yeah, I think it's... I wouldn't be the most surprised in the world if they somehow have this miracle Cinderella run out of nowhere. Yeah, I think on paper, in and in, I think they're if they have everybody healthy, I think they're just as good as some of these teams that we just talked about that can win the division. The problem is, is they didn't have the coach last year. They haven't necessarily had all the guys available as well. I mean. Patrick Laine, Zach Wierenski, and Boone Jenner all missed significant time last year. And those three guys are really supposed to be part of this core that's supposed to be leading this uh, 
this next era of Blue Jackets hockey. So they need to keep those guys healthy. Of course, that is can be said about many other teams, but definitely for the Blue Jackets, as long as they can stay healthy and uh, as long as they made the right hire uh, at head coach and uh, even as long as they made the right hire at goaltender coach, bringing in Nicholas Backstrom, the longtime wild goalie, that was a huge addition that they made. So they just did so much to revamp the team and Yarmo does so much year to year that you just can kind of always expect the Jackets to be in that conversation of are they next up? But the truth is, is they just haven't had any time to really play together because they're constantly getting new players all the time. And even when they get new players that get in the organization and play for the team, the old guys are hurt. So it's like they're not playing together. So it's it's this constant cycle. And as long as it um, if the stars align, then, yes, the Blue Jackets could be in the playoffs and be that next, you know, New Jersey Devils. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Oh, God, Jay. Yeah. No, no, I was, I was going to say, let's wrap this up yeah. uh, because we are going a little bit long here. Um, and yeah, this, was, this was great. I had a great time doing this episode. Uh, yeah. We'll definitely have to have John back for another squad cast later on. But I want to wrap up this episode with uh, one final prediction. You're not allowed to pick the Rangers. All right. Who's winning the Stanley Cup this season? Oh, boy. Jeez. Um, you know, I, I just got done talking up the Hurricanes. I, I feel like... With that core still in place, I feel like sooner or later it could eventually be their year. It would be boring to pick a team like Tampa that's, you know, always going to the finals or, you know, like the Avalanche has kind of become like a de facto answer here. So I'll go against the grain a little bit. And since you told me I can't pick the Rangers, of course, um, I will go ahead and I will pick uh, the Carolina Hurricanes to, to get it done. Yeah, well, we're not allowed to pick the Blue Jackets for this, so it seems All only right. fair. Fair enough. <laughs> so you got Rangers, right? Gotta be Rangers, no. Yeah, obviously. Um <laughs> No, I'm picking. I've I've been saying this kind of all off season, and I hate it. Um, long time Blue Jackets listeners, long long time Blue Jackets listeners will know my feud with the Dallas Stars. I just have a feeling about them. Okay, I think okay. they are a sneaky good team, yeah. and I wouldn't be surprised to see them make the final and maybe win a cup this season. They've got the ageless wonder, Joe Pavelski. Uh, they've got Jason Robertson, who's going to turn out to be really, really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rupe Hintz, I think Mira Heskinen is one of the most underrated defensemen in this league. It's yep. uh, Jake Ottinger, a goal. Speaking of good young goalies, like it's, it's tough to, to bet against the Dallas Stars. You're, you're really kind of talking me into that one a little bit. Yeah, I, I could see that. You know, the Stars are kind of a sneaky good team. Uh, I will agree with that. <laughs> I'm gonna since I can't pick the Blue Jackets. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know. There's not very many other teams that can win the Stanley Cup. Uh, no, I'm gonna pick uh, a team that actually does have a couple of Blue Jackets players on it, and that's the Seattle Kraken. And uh, I'm talking about Oliver Bjorkstrand and Alexander Wenberg, both players that I've enjoyed watching. But it's Matty Berniers out there that has been the highlight so far. And um, man, what an awesome rookie year he he had. Helped them get as as deep as they got uh they actually they went seven games with the dallas stars so um got a feeling that they'll be right back in the mix again next year and they they stole my heart those jerseys are pretty cool on ice I, it took me a couple seasons to get used to them but they're pretty sweet yeah, yeah they um they impressed me in the playoffs last year that that's a team that seems to be built for playoff hockey and um they seem to have a lot of depth you know not not like superstar laden but just a lot of good, solid, hardworking players. So I like that pick too. I, I think uh, I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of uh, fan duel, something or other that we can we can make here. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, 
Parlay three Stanley Cup winners. Is, is, yeah, I don't um, think that's going to win. I kind of realized halfway the through. Uh, no, that it doesn't work that way. But yeah, no. <laughs> the yeah. Kraken. I feel like are one of those teams that are more than the sum of their parts. You know, yeah, yes. um, which is always fun. I think the Blue Jackets had a team like that for a while, um, and I think the Rangers are a little bit like that as well. Because um, yeah. I never think about this. Is, no offense to the Rangers, but I never think about them as having a bunch of like superstars. Obviously, Panarin is great. Adam Fox is one of the best young D-men in the league. Uh, Shesterkin, but I always think about them as a team that's more than the sum of their parts. So you know, the Kraken kind of have the same, the same build. I think. Yeah, they're not flashy. They just get the job done. Yeah, two two years yes. ago with the Rangers, that that was definitely true. That that run, you know, it's were, were they like the best team in the league? No, but they some years you just have it. You just have the the right mojo and the right group of players, and everything just comes together, and you can make a run at it. So. Yeah, wow. I uh, cannot wait to start some hockey here. And uh, I mean, what are we down to? A month, you said? A m- month ago? A month. Ab- it's a month as of the day we are recording this. So we're recording this on the Tuesday, just for people who are listening. Uh, this episode is a Friday episode, I believe. But we'll, uh, we're almost there, guys. We're almost, yes. the, we're almost back to hockey. Um, if people want to keep up with the Rangers, if they want to check in on how Artemi Panarin is doing, uh, where can our listeners find you and your show, John? Yeah, so wherever you're listening to this or watching this, obviously we're there. You know, we're we're available on any uh, audio streaming service that you can think of. And, uh, of course, also available on YouTube. And then uh, you can follow the uh, show's Twitter handle, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And uh, how about for you guys? Same question for the, for the Ranger fans. Where can they follow along with Locked On Jackets? Uh, so, yeah, you can find Locked On Blue Jackets wherever you get Locked On Rangers. We're on every podcasting app of choice. We're on YouTube. We're on SiriusXM. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Jackets. You can find me, uh, Jay Foster, at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. Hayden, where can people find you online? Hayden H971. I tweet really dumb tweets, though. Don't go look. Don't go there. <laughs> Hayden is a Detroit oh, Lions yeah. fan and can't be held uh, <laughs> responsible for any of his tweets during football season. Uh, Fair enough. But- now, now I'm going to go dig up all these tweets. And, and no. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for coming to hang out, John. We'll uh, we'll yeah. have to do this again when the Blue Jackets and the Rangers face off in the regular season. Absolutely, looking forward to it. All right, so big big thanks to both Jay and Hayden from Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets teaming up for this special Metro Division crossover episode. Big big thanks to you guys as well for checking out the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And also, definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. We will see you next time.